and as I was uh, journeying through my 20s, I, uh, I wanted very much to be rich. I used to have um, pictures of like, these mansions on my wall, and they'd be my inspiration, you know. Investing and working on business and doing all these kinds of things. But you know, one of the great ironies of my life is that I would now regard myself as rich uh, beyond my imagination, like beyond my wildest dreams, yet I own pretty much nothing. So. <laughs> Even my mother buys my shoes for me, I'm embarrassing that. <laughs> and as I've gone on this journey of, towards richness, has been a rich man, I've realised a few things that not only is the riches that my heart is really looking for, the stuff that really satisfies me, uh, is it very different to what I thought it was, but I've also realised that the way to become rich is also very different to what I once thought. And the readings today, it seems to me, are really kind of highlighting uh, this, how it is that we position ourselves to become rich. How, is, how it is that we open ourselves up to the treasure, not of, of course the world around us, but the treasures of heaven. And, and we, we, we start in the, with a psalm. That's the first clue, I think, to what it takes to become spiritually rich. We pick up this attitude of the psalmist, which is really the attitude of a rich man. He says, Lord, make me know your ways. Teach me your paths. Make me walk in your truth and teach me, for you are my saviour. In other words, what the psalmist is helping us to recognise today is that, contrary to how we would normally go after riches in the world, we want the riches of heaven. We want the treasure that God lays out before us. It's got nothing to do with working hard. It's got nothing to do with earning your way there. But it's got everything to do with having this attitude of the rich man today. Lord, make me know your ways. Teach me your paths. It's this attitude of humble openness, of dependence. This beginner's mind, you know, where... Where, where we recognise that regardless of how far and how long we've been on the journey in our relationship with the Lord, we're always really just at the beginning. So that's the first little clue that we hear. The second, and, and, the, and the, the one I really want to flesh out today, we, we pick up today in the second reading. So Paul is basically saying this to us, if you want to be rich, follow Christ. Right? He uses, what does he say? In your minds, you must be the same as Christ Jesus. And then he goes on to give us the model, the pattern of Christ Jesus. And I've put a little diagram here just to help us to, to, to kind of um, appreciate what Paul, I think, is trying to emphasise here today. He picks up uh, what the scholars say is actually uh, a very ancient hymn. This is now the first Christians... What we read today in the second reading, they would have sung this. This would have been uh, a hymn that for them captured something of who Jesus was. How Jesus operated. And he uses this pattern to help us to understand what we also need to do if we want to be rich. If we want to experience the riches of heaven just as Jesus did. 
And so I've kind of paraphrased here, but I've kind of laid it out like this as some of the scholars do because it helps us to realise that it's not just the words that Paul's using, but sometimes in those in those days, what they would do is they would arrange the, the scriptures in such a way that the, the arrangement would actually also uh, communicate something in itself, right? So in my paraphrased version, Paul says, well, God was in the, Jesus was in the form of God, but he didn't cling to that. He, he, he let that go, and, and he, he became like one of us. In fact, he became even humbler to the point that he accepted death death on a cross. But, and some translations say, therefore, because he did that, God raised him up and he became the name above all other names, the one before we kneel and, and reverence. What's Paul trying to help us to recognise here about what it takes to be spiritually rich? Well, I think there are, two, there, are, well, there are at least two things that I, I want to emphasise today. The first thing that St. Paul is, is really strongly emphasising is that Jesus embraced his poverty. He embraced his poverty. He didn't run from it. He totally embraced it. <coughs> and if you're like me, I suspect that this could be a difficult for you at times, huh? Because if we're real with ourselves, we know that there, there, there is a, a profound poverty in, in, our, in our humanness. That we know that we're incomplete, that, that we, have, we have desires and we've got this, this restless heart that never seems to kind of be satisfied. We know that there's a poverty in our sinfulness too. Yeah? Our, 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 our jealousies and our envy and our... Um, you know, the way that we judge other people, we, we know that there's, there's, this, there's a kind of poverty in, in all that. And if you're anything like me, you know that regardless of what the shape of your poverty is, that it's something that you probably prefer not to see. Would that be true? You're kind of like, oh, I just, it's not there, and trying to arrive or something, or, or you're trying to fix it, you know, don't fix it. I think when we see our poverty, what we're really thinking is this is not a good thing, this is a roadblock to God. This is a roadblock to good things. And, and what St. Paul is saying to us today is that, hey, Jesus embraced his poverty totally, you came too. You know, Jesus, Jesus taking on our humanity, not denying it, he's sort of... Um, Communicating a really important message to us. That our humanity is good. That even in our weakness and in our sinfulness, we are good. That it's okay. The second thing that Paul is emphasising, I think, in this hymn today, is that Jesus not only embraced his poverty, but his poverty actually became the doorway to spiritual riches. One of the translations says, because he accepted death on the cross, therefore God raised him on high. Even the shape of the hymn, if we lay it out like this, we can kind of we can 
what becomes evident is that it's, it's the death of Christ that becomes the real point of emphasis here. And because of that, because Jesus embraced that death, embraced his poverty, God raised him on high. Our poverty, in some strange way, actually becomes the doorway to our spiritual riches, to our wealth, to the treasure of heaven. So the way that we access this treasure then is not by being perfect. It's, it's not by, you know, kind of running the religious treadmill and trying to do all the right things to please God. That's not what it is. It's not how we get there. But we get there by just being real and honest before our God. By acknowledging the truth of who we are in our weakness and our sinfulness and and with great trust and faith, inviting God into that place. I mean, it's a, it's a bit of a, um, you know, it flies in the face of the world that we live in, huh? which is all about working hard and, and earning your way to riches. But really, the gospel the good news is good because there is nothing that we can do to earn it except we come before God in our impoverished state and open and just trusting that God will make good of anything we give Him. And that's what St. Paul says, huh? That God makes good of all things for those who love Him. In the face of our poverty, what we're really trusting in is the cross of Christ. Because that is our reminder that God not only embraced or took all our poverty to the cross, all our weakness, all our sinfulness, He not only took it all to the cross, but the cross is a reminder that He's bigger than all of it. That power which raised him up from the ultimate poverty to the poverty of death, he shares with us so that he can raise us up also from whatever poverty that we may be experiencing in our life. Trusting, of course, can be hard. It's, it's not easy uh, allowing ourselves to, to see the reality of our situation at times. Huh? It can be difficult, but I guess the encouragement for us is, comes when we remind ourselves that Jesus came for the sick, not the healthy. Blessed are the poor in spirit, Jesus says. Not those who get it all right, who've got it all together. Pope Francis keeps reminding us that the church is like a field hospital for the wounded, you know. It's, it's not for those who have got it all together. I don't know if you, if you really listened into the opening prayer this morning, but again, it picks up on this, this dynamic. Oh God, who manifest your mighty power above all by pardoning and showing mercy. God's greatest power is in his mercy, in his, his desire to, to meet us in our poverty and to raise us up out of that. That's God's heart. And today in the Gospel again, Jesus is saying, hey, it's the prostitutes and the tax collectors that are getting into the treasure first. Why is that? Is it because they're sinners? No, it's not because they're sinners, but it's because in their sinfulness, they're kind of more open to 
to their need for God. They're, they're kind of more open to the, the reality of their poverty. Whereas the religious leaders, those who are on the kind of treadmill, kind of can often fool themselves to think that, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a worker, you know. <laughs> I'm not poor. No, not me. That was, of course, the, 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 the temptation that Jesus faced in the desert. 40 days fasting, he was like experiencing his poverty, his human poverty. And what does the devil say? The devil comes to him and says, hey, don't, don't be weak, don't be poor, you know, let me make you powerful. Let me, let me, you know, I'll give you some security. But of course Jesus was too good for that. He knew the importance of poverty, of our poverty. He knew that was the gateway for riches. I want, to, I want to suggest to us today that our poverty is actually the meeting place between heaven and earth. In some bizarre way, that's how God releases His love and His power and His goodness, all the treasures into our life, as we open up and embrace and give Him our riches. So, let's not fight our poverty. You know when we fight our poverty, it only makes us anxious. I'm sure we've all experienced that, huh? <laughs> but in faith and trust, let's, um, let's have the courage to invite God into whatever situation that we may be experiencing right now. And in, with great faith and with great trust in, in the cross, in who God is and what He's done for us, let's trust that God will use even those situations, the, 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 the ones where we feel most poor, most needing, most likely, we'll use even them to make spiritual deposits in our life so that we would experience and, and, and really um, be filled with the treasure of heaven.